on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot, and this is the place where we learn together what it takes to change the world on our own terms and in our own special ways. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to a friend that I've known for quite some time. Her name is Terry Bolt, and her role is Senior Director of Major Gifts for Intercollegiate Athletics at Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech happens to be my alma mater, and I live about five blocks from the university. But what Terry has to tell you today certainly applies to people who know her from Virginia Tech and the Blacksburg, Virginia area here in the United States where I live, but it's also applicable no matter where you are and what your passions are. Because Terry's job is encouraging people to hand over their money <laughs> for something that she believes in very much, and she doesn't take this role lightly. Terry is an enthusiastic supporter of Virginia Tech Athletics, and she has been that way since she was a student here in the late 1970s and early 1980s, at the same time that I was an undergraduate here. As you will learn, for many years, she volunteered with getting the Hokie Club started and working as a president of the Hokie Club before she was an employee of the Virginia Tech Athletic Department. Terry's message really resonates no matter what the area of the world you're trying to work in is, because any change-making work in the world requires funding. It requires resources to support your big dreams and support the changes that you want to see in the world. So Terry's going to tell her homegrown solutions for this patchwork world, and through it, I hope you'll be listening for the wisdom that she shares about how to be successful as a woman in a male-dominated profession, number one. And second of all, how she is savvy about building relationships with her donors so that people want to be involved in the program and, of course, continue giving to something they believe in. Sometimes in the changemaker world, we don't like to talk about money, but it takes money. It takes resources to get things done. So I hope you'll listen now to Terry's story and her wisdom of how she's creating homegrown solutions to make change and to make a difference in things that she cares about, including things related to athletics, but also healthcare and also any need that she sees within her community. Thank you, Terry, for being here. This is Terry Bolt. I grew up in Hot Springs, Virginia, which is a little rural community that has the Homestead Hotel. I was the third daughter of three, but the doctor had told them that I was going to be their boy. So that's how I have Terry with a Y, because they had not thought about any girls' names, because I was going to be their boy, <laughs> which is funny. And Gail, my middle name is spelled G-A-L-E which is also spelled like a male. So the, the interesting thing that I am confronted with, if someone's never met me, they think I may be Mr. Bold, not, you know, Miss Bold. So it's been amusing through the years, but luckily for my parents, they didn't have a boy second or I might not be here today, but they did have a surprise after me seven years later and finally had my brother. So that's kind of my family uh, history. My dad went to Virginia Tech. He was a 1952 graduate. I have uh, a Burr's Hall China plate in my office of his from 1952, which is pretty neat memorabilia to have from your father and his bugle in here as well. So he was delighted when I came to Virginia Tech because 
My two older sisters did not, and my younger brother ended up coming to Virginia Tech too. So that's my family. Obviously, I've been in Blacksburg a long time. I came in 1978 as a freshman. as a marketing management major, graduated in 82. I had started in 81 working with a local gentleman, Bill Deemer, at New York Life Insurance. And he talked me into staying and working with him, and we expanded into property and casualty together. He told me, he said, I'll learn half, you learn half, eventually we'll know each other's half. Well, he never learned his half or mine. <laughs> so, you know, it goes, but we're still close friends today. He's in his like mid 80s. He's, uh, he's, you know, has a few health issues, but he's really doing pretty well. He was very supportive of me getting involved, you know, although I was working with him with athletics. So in the late 80s, the women's basketball program, Carol Alfano was coach, way, you know, way back then, they were looking at starting a booster club. Well, they invited some of us that had been coming to the games, which weren't many, and they gave us a little piece of paper, and they said, on the piece of paper, if you'll write down, if you're willing to be an officer or whatever, well, I wrote down on mine, I put, I would be willing to be an officer. Raven wrote my name on his piece of paper and said, we'll be president. So I became the first booster club president for women's basketball in the history of the program. And I'm still working with women's basketball now from the athletic fund side as their liaison and have forever. So I, I it's just interesting how that evolves. So I love doing doing that. We did a lot of things. We, we raffled off a Honda CRX and raised 23,000 for the program while we were doing that as volunteers. We only had about 10 people working on the project and tickets were $2 a piece. You know, so yeah, so you can imagine how long that took, but we, we, they were excited about it, wanted to do it again. And I told Carol, I said, Carol, I think there are better ways to raise money. <laughs> so she was disappointed, but of course she didn't have to do that work. We did. So uh, we did some other things to raise money. And obviously I still raise money for them now. That was kind of my first intro into athletics. And in 89, they started the Hokie Rep program, which is a program it was designed really to retain members and add new members, you know, so that we could grow. I mean, you know, if you if you add somebody and you lose somebody, you're you're still at square one. We didn't want to do that. So they got about a hundred people starting out, I think, that first year in 89. And in Blacksburg, they brought us in the Bowman room and they had printouts and they had people's names and they said, check off anybody that you know at all. And that way they could develop lists for people to start with. Well, they, they didn't have a lot, but Rayburn and I actually went through the phone book and we said, well, this guy should be a member and he's not a member. So we decided who would be better to call him if it would be me or him because he was a rep too. So that the first year I got 36 new members in the year. So I was the top representative for the first year, which was fun. Uh, I got the H.M. Mac McEver Award, which is very special because he was the first director of the Student Aid Association slash Hokie Club. And it was interesting because I'd never met him. And we had a, a dinner in the Bowman Room to do the awards and things. And he was going to present the H.M. Mac McEver Award to me. He starts talking up there. And of course, all the people in the room knew me except for him, pretty much. And he's talking about this guy that did such a great job. Isn't that hysterical? Yeah, he thought I was male. When I walked up there, he was speechless. To get, when I went up to get the plaque from him, 
he couldn't speak. He couldn't, he was holding on the plaque. So I gave him a little kiss on the cheek and took the plaque from him. <laughs> but that was just amusing story. But that just shows you how somebody that doesn't know you with Terry spelled with a Y and the fact that they were from predominantly men as hokey reps, you know, as well, that he never imagined that it was a woman who won his award. But it, I just thought that was a cute little story to my intro, my intro into athletics. So after that year, I continued to be in the top 10 every year. And then I, I came on staff in 94. So that was a joy because I was working. What they wanted was someone to work with the Hokie Club presidents and work with the Hokie reps. I had that experience because when I retired as a rep, I was also the Blacksburg Hokie Club president at that time. So it was kind of a natural fit. They told me, John Moody told me, he said, we never expected to hire you, but you blew us away in the interview. And that, you know, <laughs> I remember he asked me a question. He said, uh, you think it's going to be fun? And I said, I do. And he says, well, just wait till you ask somebody for a million dollars. And I, he's like, and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be fun when they say yes. And so I got him right then, you know, in the interviews. Big John was a big mentor of mine. And so I'm trying to mentor others that want to be in this field. There's a young lady at our front desk right now that found me on LinkedIn. Terry Bolt 2 is my LinkedIn account and didn't even know me, but he linked me and said, do you mind telling me more about what you do and all that? So she came in and met with me. And so she's been interning with us for two years. Where I said, you have the personality it would take to do something like this if you want to do that. But she's a sweetheart. But it's just funny how LinkedIn brought us together when we would probably have never met. And there are people that have been under me that I've mentored that have gone on to work at Ohio State, Penn State, unbelievable programs. Uh, one now is at Alabama. So I've tried to help them to learn how to handle donors in different situations. And of course, all those are men. <laughs> what turned out interesting is Scarlett and I were hired at the same time. So there were two women at first when I first started. She had been an intern in the Hokie Club office. So she had applied and I had applied and obviously others. And so they hired us both. Well, after we'd been here two years, uh, David Everett, who's still my supervisor, went across campus to the Pamplin. He was the director of development over there for, for several years. So we both applied for his position because obviously that was an upgrade. Well, I don't think they wanted to choose between the two of us. So what did they do? They hired somebody else. He didn't have any fundraising experience at all. Very disappointing, very disappointing. Well, Scarlett said to heck with this, and she went to Ohio State, which is fine. I said, I'm where I want to be. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do everything I can to help this program. And it's going to be all right because I'll be a my alma mater and that kind of thing. So I trained this new guy who did not know how to fundraise, <laughs> you know, and he wasn't my supervisor at the time, but I still trained him. I helped him every step of the way. And he told someone across campus, he's like, y'all need to promote Terry. So they did. They promoted me. So it's just funny how you're rewarded along the way, even though probably I should have gotten that job that time. Or Scarlett. Scarlett was fine, too. A guy that didn't know fundraising. That just didn't make any sense to me at all. The old dynamic in our world right now, all men except for me, I hold my own. 
They respect me. They come and they visit with me and ask my advice. It, it makes you feel appreciated. You know, and I've been promoted like five times. And then I had another surprise. And so Cliff Garvin was a former uh, rector of the Board of Visitors. So he had set up an endowment to reward different units on campus with an award. And so I got this beautiful letter from Menace Rodenhauer. You know, he had time with his executive vice president. And it was beautiful, but it was the most beautiful letter you've ever seen. And it said I'd been nominated and I, I was going to get this award. And there was a luncheon and I got a bonus, which was really nice too. And all this. so I went to the luncheon. And when I got there, I was really even more impressed, Patty, because of the, the other people from the university that were in the room. I mean, you would know many of them. And I was like, I can't believe and I'm you know, here. I was doing major gift fundraising then, but not like I am today. Obviously, I'm a little more seasoned at this point after 28 and a half years. But uh, it's funny because I'm, I saw Menace at a game. It was still in the old press box. And we had that stairwell. And, you know, it was old, old, old. And I thanked him again because I sent him a thank you note, obviously, when I got the letter. And he said, well, you know how you got that, didn't you? And I said, no, I have no idea. He said, well, I selected you. That impressed me even more because he's not somebody I even saw once a month. So for him to kind of know what I was doing and to honor me with that, I mean, that was just so special. And then the, the Hack and Hokies 2 group in 19 surprised me at that event because it was like 25 years that I've been helping with Hack and Hokies. I started helping John when I first started because John just didn't have the organizational skills and I had them all. So I did a lot of the, the heavy lifting and then John retired and it became mine fully. But they, 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 I had been on the stage introducing the next person that was going to come up and I'm going to sit down. And Glenn Reynolds called me back up there and he's like, Terry, and he said, we've got something we want to do for you. And I'm like, oh, no, because I know Glenn, you know, I, <laughs> so he told me that this group was doing a gift for me that I could use for anything I want. It was really special. And we, you, we used that money when we went to the Maui Classic in 2019 to help with expenses to take Rayburn too, which was really great. So it was just so cool. I've had the most amazing experience. I work with lots of different people, as you know. I feel I work very well with men and women, and I think that's a bonus. Not that the guys don't work well with women. They do, but I think it's different because of the, the, the women like being with a woman, too, I think, that touch. Everybody's different, like you said. I have to be prepared for anything. I've only been surprised one time that I remember, and it was a cute story. The gentleman had played basketball here years ago, way before me, and was down in Newport News. And I had a great conversation on the phone. And after the conversation, I felt like he was going to do a $50,000 scholarship for basketball. And so went down, he signed the paperwork. You know, we went to his country club, had lunch, signed the paperwork, all that was done. So the next time I was going down to the area, I thought, well, I'll call him again set up another lunch somewhere where I could pay for Patty, lunch. I was about yeah. to die because he looked at me after we sat down and ordered and said, why did you need to see me again? And I said, John, I said, this is just the beginning of our relationship. Getting the gift is not what it's all about. So we became very, very close. He's passed away now. But I was horrified that he thought I'd gotten what I wanted. And I <laughs> he never see me again. <laughs>
but the relationships that I have with people are just tremendous. My portfolio has changed some through the years, of course, but I never lose anybody because I still have the relationship. And so they know they can always call me and I'm going to take care of them. If it's they lost a ticket, need a replacement or a parking pass, or it, it could be any number of things. I love what I do. I've never regretted staying at Virginia Tech. I will retire here, obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'll be 63 in February. I don't know when. I haven't decided when, but I love what I do so much. It may not be at 65. And I'll never give up the relationships because I'll still be at the games and I'll still see everyone. It means a lot. You know, the people are very special, what they do for us. And uh, I do the very best I can every day. That's all anybody can do. Sometimes things go wrong. Have to settle them down, talk them through it, get get things resolved. But, you know, you, whatever it takes to, to, to work things out, that's that's what I do for all our donors. And uh, and I just love it. And uh, hopefully Virginia Tech has not regretted having me here. You know, every visit's different. When I sit down with someone, it, it's, everything's different. And, and a lot of the people that have been working with are aging. So health care is a big issue. And so I've also mentored some people that have had breast cancer since I had my breast cancer, different things like that. And obviously supported breast cancer research and all those things. But, you know, I'm fortunate. A couple of weeks ago, I had a mammogram. Four years, I'm still cancer-free. Uh, there was a, an associate across campus that developed it after I had it. And she did, she'd kind of forgotten I had it. It's not somebody I work with every day. But the doctor had asked for me to write a review on their site. So she was going between two doctors. And she looked on the site. She's like, oh, that's right. Terry had this. Call me up. Well, we talked numerous times. She ended up going with the same surgeon I used and everything. But, uh, but it meant a lot to her, you know. And I, I think if more people would reach out that have been through an experience like that, uh, I think that can make a difference in a lot of lives. Don't be afraid. Just be strong. Do what they tell you. That's what I'm still doing. And hopefully in five years, <laughs> next year, this time, I'll be getting the same results. Uh, I just try and make a difference every day, no matter what it is. The student athletes are doing Adopt-A-Families for Christmas, and they were asking for donations. So I took a check up there for them. And the little girl up there said, oh, my gosh, this is great. <laughs> $100. But right now, if you go out shopping, you can buy a lot of stuff. Uh, with the sales they're having, it's crazy. But they're adopting families locally. There's just so many people that need help. If I see somebody that I see struggling, just getting in and out of the car or just getting something off a grocery shelf, they're not tall enough or they're just kind of fragile looking, we help them. I just watch for ways to help people. They know that I care about them because they can see it when I look at them. Honestly, I have a strong work ethic. And I do whatever it takes to do the job right. And if you're a woman around predominantly men, you can outshine them easily because some of them don't have that same work ethic. I remember Sharon McCloskey said about me that there's never going to be anybody in the Hokie Club that outworked me. And it's probably true because if somebody's calling me at night, I'm going to answer the phone because they're calling because they need something. And it's like, I don't care that it's after five o'clock. They need me. That's why we have a phone.
And uh, with a pandemic now, everybody has my cell phone number. <laughs> so it's a lot easier for them to call me anytime. Anyway, I would just say, have that work ethic, work hard, be a team player with them. You know, you're not trying to outshine them. You're trying to work with them and you will stand out. But you, you've, you've got to be strong and you've got to manage whatever job it is that you're in. I know you can do it because I have and they respect me and don't want me to leave. So that's a good, that's a good thing, I guess. So, you know, I'm <laughs> definitely on LinkedIn and I check that every day. Tag is Terry Bolt too. So it's real easy to remember. My email address is tbolt at vt.edu. Also very simple. <laughs> Anytime you need anything, I'm on Facebook as well. I'd love to hear from you. I, I love to help women. I always have. We can do whatever we want. We just got to make up our mind and do it. You know. Thank you, Terry. I love listening to you and I'm so happy to be in the neighborhood with you and to get to see you interacting and working your magic in all of those special events that I'm privileged to be a part of here at Virginia Tech, the university that I love and in the town that I call home. I appreciate your genuine nature. I'm so glad to hear that people over the years have recognized that you are a gem you are a gem of a fundraiser, but you're a gem of a human being. Terry is a worker bee. Her story of her parents thinking she was going to be a boy and giving her a male name, and then the man coming along and thinking she was a man when he was giving an award, and her handling it with a little kiss on his cheek shows a little bit of Terry's sense of humor and good humor about doing this work in a male-dominated world. So I hope you'll look up Terry Bolt on LinkedIn at tbolt2, as she's indicated. And you can also email her if you'd like to at tbolt at vt.edu. That's vt.edu for Virginia Tech. That's where you can find her. And that's where she can tell you how you can contribute to the causes she cares about, including the Virginia Tech Athletic Fund. In the meantime, I hope you'll also follow my work at blueroadseducation.org, where you can learn what it takes to be a changemaker. There are 16 skills that the research says that all changemakers have in common. And I put those changemaker skills into a framework that makes them easily accessible, easy to understand and remember, because it's hard to develop skills if we cannot remember what they are, right? Take a look at my website at blueroadseducation.org where you can download my ebook that sums up the framework that I use along with those skills that you can develop. It also will let you know the other things that you can do to get involved with the work we're doing to celebrate, support, and cultivate change makers just like you. Next week, we'll feature another amazing change maker from somewhere around the world. Maybe it will be you someday. Get in touch if you'd like to be featured on our show with your change-making work. It gives you the opportunity to think about your homegrown self, the solutions that you're working on the world, how the patchwork has influenced you, and how your work has the potential for rippling out and making the world a better place. It also gives you a chance to highlight the causes, the initiatives, the changes that mean something to you that you're working for in the world, because we always give a shout out to the things that matter to you, just in case there's somebody watching who wants to support your change-making efforts. Until next week, may you be grounded in your beingness, guided in your doingness, generous in your connectedness, and inspired in your reflectiveness 
so you can change the world on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot. I'm always learning, and I know you are too.